It is Monday, November 20th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. An exciting Sunday of NFL action. And it's not over. Super Bowl rematch tonight. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Chiefs, Eagles, go at it again on Monday Night Football. Well, let's play Monday morning quarterback before that, AJ. The Vegas lead is recapping all the NFL action from yesterday, which saw some exciting finishes and some bounce-back performances. Week 11 in the league, and we might as well start with the most recent game, as we always do, and that was Sunday Night Football. The Broncos winning their fourth straight game, 21-20 over Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. Was this actually a good game, or was it just a competitive game? It was a close game. Yeah. I've seen worse games. Like, um, It wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. Uh, yeah, this is... This was two teams that were on a, a real tear, and um, it, it's kind of gone under the radar that the Broncos had won four straight, the the Vikings had won five straight, so both teams playing good ball, and uh, it felt like most of this game that the, the Vikings were going to continue, and for the second straight week, Cortland Sutton makes an incredible catch in the end zone and, and takes a, a lead that the, the Broncos never gave back up. Uh, and you know, they find a way and they're, I, I don't want to say they're Pittsburgh Steelers esque, but I don't know how this team's winning games. The, the, the offense continues to just be really rough to watch at times, but it, it, they got the job done. Yeah, the, the Vikings dominated the stats last night. 19 first downs to 13. They had 385 total yards to just 295 for the Broncos. So Bronco, And they dominated the time of possession by almost 10 minutes. So uh, a really dominating stats performance by the Vikings. Some would call this a faulty finish, but the Broncos were able to get the job done. And the defenses, I thought, both played well. You know, Minnesota fumbles on their third play of the game. And they hold Denver to a field goal. And then both defenses were, were really bend but don't break uh, until really the end when Denver put together that big drive. I thought that um, Minnesota, there was an opportunity for them to be aggressive at the end of the first half and chase points. But instead, they punted. Like, And if you look at all the analytics, they say, well, if you're on you know, that side of the 50 and it's uh, one yard to go, like you might as well. There was a minute. 10 left in the first half like why not just do a quarterback sneak and try and get it and Denver winds up you know getting that touchback and driving down the field for a field goal there at the end of the uh, first half so I thought that that was a questionable call but I thought Dobbs played as well as he's you know gonna play and I thought Russell Wilson was just whatever yeah I mean nobody blew you away in this game I I still contend that the Vikings are making a mistake every time they give Alexander Madison the football and Collinsworth last night kept saying Alexander Madison he's having a really good game I was like what what are you seeing what like Ty Chandler so much more explosive gives them just a, a much better option in the receiving game in the running game he's not fumbling the ball and the Vikings continue to just like bash their head into that brick wall with Alexander Madison who looks like he should be really good at football and he's just <laughs> not 
Um, but I think with Dobbs out there, like you need to have a, a more dynamic running game, and they they just didn't have it uh, last night, not to the extent that they should have. Um, again, I, I do think they, it's there. And when Dobbs ran, there was a couple times Dobbs took off and ran that I was like, okay, including the touchdown run. So I, I do think this Vikings offense is is even better than I thought it could be with Dobbs. Uh, the Broncos defense is is good. It, it's certainly better than it was at the beginning of the year. I, I think at this point now it's an above average defense. Mm. Uh, I'm not one of these people who just wants to forget about the first five games of the season like they didn't happen, but it's certainly now I think an above average defense. The offense is still rough to watch. Um, You know, Russell Wilson did finally break the streak. He goes for over 200 yards Mm -hmm. uh, for first time since week four. So congratulations to him. Big day uh, does it posting a 32 QBR. Uh, but yeah, it, it was, this was one of the, this was like an AFC North game. It was yeah. just smashing each, into each other and hoping, you know, you were the last man standing. And this time the Broncos were the last man standing. I was sitting on some TJ Hawkinson props. I had over four and a half catches and in the first Oof. possession, I'm watching Josh Oliver catch all these balls because, you know, Denver is like the fourth worst team against tight ends in the NFL. So I'm like, oh, Hawkinson's going to go off. And actually, if you combine Hawkinson and Oliver's stats, it's eight catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. So they were unable to stop the tight ends, but Hawkinson only finishes with four catches for 55 yards, and he had two opportunities to go over his reception prop in the final drive, but uh, great plays on defense, knocking the football out by Justin Simmons. Uh, Took two catches away from TJ Hawkinson there in that final possession. Minnesota Vikings right back to primetime next week against the Chicago Bears. And then the Denver Broncos favored against the Cleveland Browns. Is that a surprise to you? Well, with the quarterback situation, yes. Um, you know, especially. So you're saying game. Russell Wilson's better than DTR? I'm, I'm saying, not sure. I'm 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 kind of uh, mixed mixed on that one. Well, what did you see from <laughs> DTR besides, you know, being able to move them down into field goal range in that final drive that makes you think that he's you know should be considered better than russell wilson right now. i didn't see a lot i was i was being sarcastic i will say dtr actually looked decent in the first half i actually thought maybe they had something and then boy he was he turned into a pumpkin until the last drive of the game but this game the re, the reason i liked the browns it had nothing to do with their offense it was i thought they would dominate this game defensively and they absolutely did they hold the steelers to 10 points um to me it seems like that's the recipe against the Denver Broncos as well how many points are the Denver Broncos going to put up on this Browns defense that it is just such a dominant unit right now I do think that the Browns have to find a way to get the run game going uh you know obviously losing Nick Chubb is something you can't replace him Mm -hmm. but Kareem Hunt 12 carries for 36 yards you got to have more than that um Dorian Thompson Robinson probably needs to to go ahead and and take off and and use his wheels a little more than he did only three carries he got 20 yards on him may need to to do more but Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford those are the two guys expected to carry that load combined for 67 yards on 24 carries that's that's just not an acceptable number and I know Pittsburgh's better against the run with Hayward back but you've got to do better than that they'll have to be better than that against Denver next week so 315 quarterbacks have 500 pass attempts in their career since the NFL-AFL merger. Only one of those quarterbacks has thrown a touchdown on fewer than 2% of his attempts. 
and that man is Kenny Pickett. Congratulations, Ken. 1.9% of his passes, he has thrown a touchdown. I mean, the numbers are, are, are unbelievable when it comes to Kenny Pickett. And it, it, I sent you something uh, yesterday. We were talking about how uh, Tommy DeVito has more career multiple touchdown passing games than Kenny Pickett does now. Yet there's not like this big uproar for Pittsburgh to find themselves a quarterback. And you'd think, I mean, I guess because maybe the team's six and four and they're exceeding expectations. If this team were three and seven, like they probably should be, I think you're hearing a lot more, you know, clamoring for Kenny Pickett's job. But because they're winning football games, people are just like, yeah, all right, well, keep keep on rolling. Well, because also um, he's not like he's just he's being a game manager. Right, like he's not doing anything that's going to hurt you. He has four interceptions on the season. That's not the problem. Like, that, is, that's not an alarming number. No, it's not. But the problem is that's not sustainable long term. And you remember Mac Jones' rookie year? That was what he did. Yeah. And then eventually you say, okay, well, it's we can't just keep winning with a quarterback who's a game manager. So you're going to have to go out and win us some games. Sometimes you're going to have to do. You're going to have to open up the playbook a little mm-hmm. bit more. And we've seen what's happened to Mac Jones, and it's it's it doesn't work. At some point, like, do you think Kenny Pickett's a guy that if, if things are opened up and they say, hey, Kenny, we need you to go win us a game, that he'll be able to do it? Doesn't seem like that. And I worry that the Steelers will end up in the spot. I, I worry. It's not like I care. It's not my problem. Yeah. I'm not my franchise. But the Steelers, to me, if they if they stick with Kenny Pickett, they're going to end up in the same boat as the Patriots uh, a couple of years later going, how the hell did we not think this this was going to happen? How How did we not plan ahead to find a different quarterback? I do think one of the bright sides to take away from the Steelers' performance in that game was that Jalen Warren rushed the ball extremely well, 129 yards. A lot of it was helped out by the 74-yard rush. Um, and, and sure. Yeah. I, my, my fa- One of my favorite quotes after the game was Najee Harris saying, I'm tired of how this this Pittsburgh offense is, is go- it's underperforming. I'm going to be like, bro, is there a mirror in the locker room? You're, you're the guy. You're, you're, you were the first round running back. Like you're that guy who's constantly underperforming. Jalen Warren's taking your job because you stink. Yep. Uh, but of all the people that open their mouths and say, oh, I'm, I'm getting tired of how this, this offense is running. It's like, yeah, you, you may want to take a look at yourself before you start talking about the offense overall. Yeah, and I thought that Pat Fryermuth being activated would have a much bigger impact in this game. He only had uh, one catch. One target. One target, yeah. I thought maybe Pickett would look for him more, but, I mean, the Browns are an incredible defense, and and this was just, this game played out exactly how you thought it was going to play out. It was just an ugly game that came down to who was going to kick the field goal last. Yeah, and Miles Garrett is just a a hellraiser. Two more sacks in this game. He's an absolute nightmare. Uh, one of my favorite moments in this game was he picked up a, a stray Pittsburgh helmet that had fallen on the ground. Yeah, and, and, uh, and he came like, right hey, back. Whoa, He's like, whoa, no, whoa. no, not me. No, no, no. Here, take it, take it. Yeah, that, <laughs> I thought that, that was, was hilarious. That, that was very, very, very well done. Uh, let's move along. The Lions, in come-from-behind fashion, beat the Bears 31-26. Uh, they got a safety at the end of the game to give them two extra points. <laughs> so uh, they almost uh, were able to cover miraculously if that ball gets picked up for a touchdown at the end of the game. But in, it goes as a safety. But this was an ugly game from Jared Goff up until the very end when the Lions realized, oh, wait a minute, the Bears are playing defense on the other side of the ball. Yeah, the uh, the peak of the Bears win probability per ESPN 
was 98.2% with mm-hmm. four minutes and 15 seconds left. They were up 26 to 14, and they lose 26-31. 17 points in the final four minutes of that game, and this is in the final three minutes, I suppose, of that game. It, this feels much more, like you said, a come-from-behind win for the Lions. Just just feels like a, a, a throw-up-on-yourself loss by the Chicago Bears. And God bless them, they covered. Uh, which was all I was asking them to do this week, but it, it was it, this. This is just a, a, a an example of of what this Bears team is, and I they keep rotating coaches. I I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what fixes the Bears. They're just not in a they're not in a good spot in their in their life cycle as a franchise right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. And trust me, the Lions have been there before, and we look at where they're at now. But I I don't know how the Bears get out of this. I. Do you move on from Justin Fields? When do you move on from Justin Fields? I don't know what the answer is. Because there's some things you saw yesterday. I mean, Justin Fields rushes for over 100 yards. You know, yeah. he's he he wasn't. He didn't throw the bad picks. Like, at some point, the defense has to do something. Like, you know what you have in Justin Fields. He's not the kind of guy who's going to throw for 350 uh, and just dominate like you your defense at some point is going to have to make some plays and mm-hmm. you're going to have to control the ball and they made the listen the, I, I didn't say they had to make some plays they picked off Jared Goff three times I, I don't know yeah. just down the down the stretch it just felt like they melted down well I also thought terrible coaching decision there um with their when after the Lions scored the touchdown to make it 26 21 Lions had all three timeouts left and the Bears ran the ball on first down, no gain. Uh, Detroit calls their first timeout. They run the ball on second down, no gain. Detroit calls their second timeout. And then they throw the ball on third and nine with 250 left in the game. And it's an incomplete pass stopping the clock. So now the Lions get the ball back and they have the two-minute warning and, and their timeout. final timeout. And they scored their go-ahead touchdown with 30 seconds left in the game uh, after they used their last timeout with 43 seconds left. As a, as a coach there, I understand it's like, hey, first down, we win the game. Cool. But it's third and 10 pretty much. So you can't bank on it being a first down. You, what you have to do there is just force the other team to use their last timeout. And then they get the football back and it's the two minute warning when they're in their second play of the possession. And then they have to go and score a touchdown with no time on the clock. Like you yeah. have to make them use that timeout. No one. It just wasn't smart football. And this is not a, a smart football organization, not a, not a well-coached organization. So yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if that's the only thing you can point to, but that's certainly one of, of several factors that cost them this game. How good are the Lions, and how serious should you be taking them in terms of Super Bowl contender? Uh, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I, I think they're a good team. Uh, I, I think they're maybe the fourth best team in the NFC. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, just off the top of my head, I, I think the the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the, the 49ers are all clearly better than them. Um, I mean, I, I see the upside of them, but at the same time, I don't, I don't trust their defense. Uh, you know, the, the, the win in week one against the Chiefs, like, it's, it's still a great win. You're never going to take that away from them. But then I, I, the other, the other data point they've got against a really good football team was against the Ravens and they weren't competitive in that game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They almost lost a game to the chargers, which they almost you know, lost here to the bears. They almost lose to the bears. Yeah. There's a lot of these, these games where it's like, it feels like they're surviving more than anything. 
And I, I, I again, I think they're a good team. I think they're the, they're the best team in the NFC North, but that doesn't mean that you're a Super Bowl contender. I, I think there's a, you know, you you win your division, great job, good season. And by the Lions standards, it's a great season. Sure. But Super Bowl contender, I, I can't put them even in the conversation with the top teams in the NFC yet. Well, we're going to break down plenty of the Thursday night game, the Thanksgiving game between the Lions and the Packers. Uh, we'll, we'll break down all the Thursday games coming up uh, throughout this entire week, not just on uh, SOVAM, but also on the Dream Preview podcast feed. Let's talk about the Lions opponent on Thanksgiving, and that's the Packers who beat the Chargers 23-20. And AJ, watching this game or you know watching it via the red zone like I was and seeing the the, mo- the highlights and seeing the moments where balls were dropped by open receivers and uh, obviously Bosa getting hurt is a huge blow to the team. But it feels like this is a Chargers team. And look, I'm not saying that the players have quit, okay? I'm just saying that it looks like a team that needs a new voice, that needs new leadership. Because what they looked like yesterday was the way the Raiders looked like in the final game of Josh McDaniel's tenure. And then all of a sudden Antonio Pierce comes in and the Raiders look like a different team. A new voice needs to come in and the Chargers will look like a different team. I promise you that. Well, this was supposed to be the year they took a step. And instead of taking a step, like the step was supposed to be, they win a playoff game. They, you know, they, they make some noise in the playoffs. Instead, the, the step was backwards and they're probably not a playoff team at this point. It's unacceptable. You, you've got, uh, I think, a, a top, you know, seven, eight quarterback in the league. For you, to, like teams with top seven, eight quarterbacks in the league should never miss the playoffs. Everybody else should like. They, there's about ten really good quarterbacks in the league. There's fourteen playoff spots every year. Like those ten should be automatic. Mm-hmm. And if you don't make the playoffs while you have one of those ten guys, th- there's something really wrong with your team. And the Chargers are, are in that category right now. Like, how do you not make the playoffs when you have this kid playing quarterback and you're supposed to be a defensive coach? I mean, the defense, they, they did fine yesterday, you know, all things considered. They were, it was rough down the stretch, uh, you know, with, with the the final drive. But the, at the same time, you're playing against Jordan Love. They had one healthy running back left. I mean, it was it was a nightmare for the Packers' offense, and they still beat you. But, yeah, you're, but you're the, without Bosa, though. Yeah, but the I mean, the, this one was on the the offense, and it, it, you know, I'm I'm Mister Make Excuses for Justin Herbert, but how many painful drops could there be in like key down and distance situations, uh, key moments in the game, and you know, I'm. I hate to knock on Keenan Allen because he's the most consistent thing that just that Justin Herbert has, mm-hmm. but two, two drops in the end zone, basically going yeah. into the end zone. And then Johnston is just, he's not that guy. I mean, he, like, if you're not catching, that's a, that's a touchdown catch. That's the, that's Absolutely. the ball that's game a catch and run. Yep. And you're, you're dropping passes like that. These are passes that you have to catch as an NFL receiver. And um, the, when it's, you know, if a kicker misses a 20-yard a kick, we're all saying, oh, they, they got to fire this guy. Meanwhile, receivers wide open, dropping sure touchdowns to win football games. And it's just, well, there's another Chargers game. It, it's a it's a frustrating thing. I, I have to imagine Justin Herbert's tired of it. I mean, he he played another solid game yesterday. It wasn't like, a, it wasn't, you know, a, a game that you can't lose. 
but mm-hmm. he played really well. He ran the ball really well. Um, I, I just think his, his team continues to, to let him down. And I think it really does. I think it starts with Brandon Staley. I, I think you're right. A new voice is needed desperately. And if a new voice doesn't fix it, then they really need to just blow this thing up and, and clean house. Yep. Chargers will host the Ravens Sunday night football next week. Uh, they are three and a half point dogs. I can see that line moving up, to be honest with to. you. Let's talk about the Dolphins beating the Raiders 20 to 13. I thought this was going to be a runaway blowout victory for the Dolphins. And I'll give credit where credit's due. Um, you know, the Raiders, they fight. And, and they take on the the attitude of their head coach now in Antonio Pierce because defensively, even when it's not going their way, they never gave in. And, and they made it difficult. And they gave themselves a chance at the end, just unable to to do anything on offense, really. No doubt. Like, you you hold the Miami Dolphins to 20 points, you've done something. And this I, I, if, the, if you told me the Raiders were in this game, I would have thought this game was like 50 to 44. Uh, the idea that the the Dolphins were held to twenty points and still won is yeah, two first half touchdowns. That's it. A real credit to the the Raiders defense. Um, yeah, it, it's it it felt like they were going to break at some point, and they never really did. And I think a a big part of it was the Dolphins didn't really get their run game going. And I'm sure a lot of it was that they had a chain back and they thought he was going to be the guy and he's out after like what one carry yeah. uh, to, and I, I think that that probably impacted them in some ways. Um, but they never really got that run game going. And that's when the dolphins have been so good at home is when they're able to, particularly in the second half to, to put away leads uh, to put or to put away ball games with a lead. And they just never really got the ball rolling on the ground. So it was a lot of Tua and Tyreek which is, I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but the when you, when you're one dimensional, which the Raiders, mm-hmm. or excuse me, the Dolphins kind of were. I mean, they were trying with Mostert. He just wasn't getting anything going, and they were able to stop him. Um, so it was it was it limited this Dolphins offense, which not a lot of teams, particularly not a lot of bad teams, have been able to do this season. Yeah. So you got to give the Raiders credit. Dolphins uh, will be uh, at the Jets on Friday night, the first ever NFL Black Friday game. We'll talk about that one later in the week, and the Raiders will host the Chiefs, and we'll have an update on the spread after tonight's Monday night football game. Do you think the Raiders, they stick with Aiden O'Connell the rest of the season? Is this just like a see-what-we-have type of thing? I mean, the uh, the alternative is Jimmy Garoppolo, um, who they benched, so... My assumption is, yeah, they, they're going to see what they've got with this guy. Y- yesterday wasn't a, a great game for him. To me, th- this was a game yesterday of Jimmy Garoppolo's the quarterback. The Raiders could have won. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also understand, you know, may, they they don't believe in that. They, they don't believe Jimmy Garoppolo's the long-term answer. And if you don't want Jimmy Garoppolo after this year, the last thing you want him to do this year is go out and win you some football games and make people think that, you know, he, he should be there. So, cause when the Raiders got rid of Derek Carr, that's what, there was a lot of uproar. A lot of people thought Derek Carr shouldn't have left. They wanted him gone. They, they had him gone. Jimmy Garoppolo right now has not done enough as the Raiders quarterback where there would be uproar. If he won a few more games and then they got rid of him, maybe there's some uproar, but it's pretty clear that the Raiders don't want Jimmy Garoppolo anymore. So you're going to ride out with Aiden O'Connell. You're going to lose more games than you win. And, you know, you're, you're going to figure out who your next step at quarterback is. Did you see the report yesterday from uh, Schefter that the Jets are going to pursue a trade for Devontae Adams this offseason? 
I, I mean, okay. I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a lot of teams who would love to have Devontae Adams. And we kind of thought that Devontae Adams was going to be on the move at the trade deadline. Yeah, but I think um, it, well, he he triggers such a cap hit that uh, yeah. I don't think they wanted to rush a move. So they want to make sure they get as much as they can in return for him. And, you know, if the Jets are serious about making that move in the offseason, it would tell you that Aaron Rodgers is coming back. And it would also tell you that Nathaniel Hackett's coming back. No doubt. If I'm the Raiders and I'm – I'm first of all, if I'm the Raiders, I'm not in a rush to trade Devontae Adams. I think I said this at the trade deadline. Whoever your next quarterback is, you don't want him to come into a bear cupboard. Like having a guy like Devontae yeah, Adams course. helps. A, a young quarterback especially it would help. Look at Bryce Young who's got nothing really. It's not an ideal situation. But if I do trade Devontae Adams, I'm asking for like – I'm not asking for draft. I mean, I'm asking for draft picks, but I'm asking also for major pieces to upgrade this mm-hmm. defense. And it might be pieces that that Jets fans are uncomfortable talking about because Jets fans want to build a super team and keep all their good players and take everybody else's good players and not give anything away. But my, my conversations with the Jets, if you want Devontae Adams, it would start with someone whose last name is Williams. And that, that right, might you be, take Quincy. It might be an uncomfortable conversation <laughs> for, for the Jets, honestly. We keep we keep Quinnen, and you keep you can take his brother Quincy. <laughs> yeah, I, they they may want both of them. They will, may yeah. want the bros. Yeah, maybe maybe. Well, the Jets will certainly uh, you know have a high draft pick uh, because they get to keep it because Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, yep. and uh, they are not a good football team. We'll get to them in, in just a couple of minutes here. Let's talk about the other New York team, the Giants, with a thirty-one nineteen win over the Commanders outright as heavy dogs. You and I, AJ, were on this on the Dream Pod. We both picked the Giants you were a little less confident than I was I made this my three weight on the dream pod but like I said sometimes the the ugliest bets to make are the sharpest ones and the Giants were always the right side of this game yeah I'm proud of us for this pick um I the the night before we were leaving Tuesday night from our office and we were usually it's you McKenzie and I leaving the office God knows what hour and we were like what what are we looking at for tomorrow what's the big play for tomorrow and I said I think my five weight is going to be Giants plus 10. <laughs> and I i mean, I knew it sounded crazy, but then it didn't come 10, which was disappointing to me. I really wanted that 10. It wasn't enough to get me off the game, obviously, but it did it did knock, knock it down in my weighting system. But I, I, yeah, in hindsight, you didn't need it. Uh, it the, the whole handicap was who are the commanders to be laying nine and a half, 10 points to anybody? Mm-hmm. And I I don't care how bad DeVito is, and he's bad. This wasn't the Dallas Cowboys they were playing. This is the Washington Commanders. And the idea that this game was a minus one and a half Giants on the summer line and was now minus nine and a half Commanders was just absurd. Like the drop from Daniel Jones to, to Tommy DeVito is not 11 points. It just can't be. So at the end of the day, it was it, you're right. It was never in doubt. This was an easy call, and it it wasn't a fun bet to make. Uh, it's but it is one of those that once the game got going, you're like, God, it was one that I didn't have to sweat, and that, mm-hmm. that's a good feeling. You, there's a lot. Listen, I, I didn't think I was going to sweat the Browns game. I was sweating the Browns game. I didn't think I have to sweat the the 49ers team total over uh, <laughs> 26 and a half. It lands on 27. So I had a lot of sweating to do on Sunday. Thankfully, the Giants weren't part of it. They didn't make me sweat one bit. 
Yeah, Tommy DeVito with three touchdown passes in the game. Those were 246 yards, and he really relied on Saquon Barkley. Saquon rushed 14 times for 83 yards, but he had four catches for 57 yards and two touchdowns, so he used them a lot in the receiving game. And AJ, Tommy DeVito now has the same amount of touchdown passes on the season as Jets starting quarterback Zach Wilson. How crazy is that? I mean, and I said... I still believe Tommy DeVito doesn't belong in the NFL. Like, he's not an <laughs> NFL quarterback. What's that say about Zach Wilson? I, I, I mean, I, let's, do, let's go ahead and look at that game because I watched the entirety of it, and I imagine you well, kudos as, to you. You deserve, an, you deserve a medal for that because as a listen, Jets fan, I turned it off. Well, well, listen, as a Bills fan, it's been a long time since I've seen them look that good. Uh, I, I needed to cherish it. My, my, even my wife said, <laughs> do you want to switch over to a more competitive game? I said, no, I do not. Uh, listen, to, credos, credit to the Bills. This was the best game they've played in, I don't know, six weeks. But Do you think it has to do with the offensive coordinator shift or or they just – it was the Jets? I, I don't know. I, I think – I mean, something had to click with the offense. I, I mean, obviously the defense looked so good, because, and I think a lot of that was because it was the Jets. Yeah. But the offensive success, like putting up the kind of numbers and, and the kind of points that they put up on the Jets – I don't care what the what the defense is doing. That that Jets defense is stout, and the Bills yep. made them look very mediocre yesterday. It's something that I haven't seen a lot of teams do to the Jets. So, I, you know, I, I don't know if long-term it was the right answer firing Ken Dorsey, but for a one-game sample, the, the Bills' offense looks the best. It looked the best it had in, in weeks. So you, you got to give them some credit there. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, possibly the Sauce Gardner effect. Bills score 32 points. Stephon Diggs only four catches for 27 yards. But Khalil Shakir with the bomb, the 81-yard the catch and run. Former Jet Ty Johnson had 47 yards in the receiving game, and James Cook ran the ball uh, really well all game. Josh Allen didn't even, like, you know, he didn't have to do much uh, running Dalton the ball Kincaid himself. Dalton Kincaid, too. Dalton Kincaid had a good well, game he's as become, well. Well, he's emerging as, like, a favorite target of Josh Allen, which yeah. I think is smart. Yeah, this was a, it was a low-pressure game for Josh Allen, which he probably needed. And you'll look at the stats and go, well, he threw another pick. The pick he threw was a, a Hail Mary at the end of the half, just trying to put some points yeah, on it. They were yeah. out of field goal range. They were, it was time for one play. He's like, why not chuck it to the end zone? The Jets intercepted it. No harm, no foul. Josh played the best game he's played in a long, long time. He needed mm -hmm. that. I think he needed that for his confidence. I think the the offense in general, the, like – the Stefan Diggs of the world needed that for their confidence too. And you saw if, I mean, if, if those bills show up, if the, the team that showed up yesterday can beat anybody in the league, sure. it's just, they haven't shown up very much lately. And, mm -hmm. um, the, oh, oh boy, the jets offensive line is so bad that, I mean, that made things a lot easier on the back end of the bills defense, which is so beat up. Uh, it, it's a, it was such a mismatch because the one part of the bills defense that's still, not fully intact because Daquan Jones is out, but the, the defensive front is still pretty solid. And the Jets offensive line is just garbage. And Zach Wilson was just curled up all day. Um, it, it covers up a lot. It covers up a lot of flaws on the back end of that defense when the, when the front has success. Well, Robert Sala has seen enough. And Zach Wilson was benched for Tim Boyle late in the game. Um, and he, he's now not guaranteed to be the starter on Friday night. Uh, Robert Sala could turn to, to Tim Boyle or maybe Trevor Simeon, who's been, you know, not activated, uh, but he's been on the practice squad for this team. Maybe he gets a start, but it's, um, it's, 
it's bad. Uh, the season's done. Now the three straight losses, you know, the Jets thought after being three and three that something miraculous could happen this season and they would have a rec- a, a decent record and Aaron Rodgers could possibly come back. But even if he didn't come back, you'd still be in a position to, to capture that seventh seed, that wild card spot. But now three straight losses, two really winnable games against the Chargers and the Raiders. And this one against the Bills just felt like the culmination of losing those previous two games. And now I just think the season is completely in the, in the toilet. And also, I think like the the real sign was that that Giants game that they should have lost and they won, uh, and there was like this a burst of hope. Like the Jets yeah. fans were like, "Oh, but in Hunt, you shouldn't have been hopeful about that game." I mean, they, the Jets played so poorly in that game. Like Zach Wilson was never going to let this be a successful year. Like, mm-hmm. you, if you have a really great defense, which I think the Jets do have a really great defense, you have a good running game. The Jets do have a good running game. You can be a solid team. If you have a quarterback who's not a screw up, like if you have a Brad Johnson or a Trent Dilfer, we those teams have won the Super Bowl. Like you can do that. If you have a guy who's just a, a steady, solid guy, Zach Wilson's not steady. He's not but, solid. AJ, look, think about this. What's what's the difference between the Jets at four and six and the Browns at seven and three? It's the quarterback play. Yeah, and the well, offensive which, line play. Well, I mean, yes, but I mean, think about the Browns haven't had great quarterback play. Like, it, it, it hasn't been world beating. I mean, even when Deshaun Watson was playing, it wasn't very good. Yeah, but the, PJ but Walker's the, but been look, the worst look quarterback the, in the league. But look at the points. Arguably. But look at the points that they've been scoring. Like they scored thirty nine against the Colts. They scored thirty three against the Ravens. They scored twenty seven against yeah. the Cardinals. You know, the, the Jets would kill to score twenty seven points. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think you're right. I, I, but I think that. The offensive line has a lot to do with it, and I think the the turnovers. Like, you can't afford to give the ball away that much. And, it, uh, yes, there was even some turnovers that, that could have gone even worse than they did yesterday. One of those that, like, where uh, the the guy picks up the fumble and trips over, uh, yeah. over, over Garrett Wilson's elbow, or he's gone for a touchdown, too. I mean, it, the Jets are just like, – it, it felt yesterday, some of those turnovers felt like the Jets don't want to play anymore. And I get yeah. it. I, I mean, if, if I looked – the quarterbacks are the leader of your team. And when you look over and you see Zach Wilson and you know, it's not getting any better. It's gotta be frustrating for this team that had really high hopes coming into the season. He's, he's just, he's not average. He's not like, uh, he's not decent. He's not acceptable. He's not the level. He's just, he's a terrible, terrible NFL quarterback. And the idea that he's had as many opportunities as he had is shocking to me. And I know at this year it was kind of out of necessity, but, Boy, I, I I would have already been looking for a, a a better alternative option when I brought in Aaron Rodgers because, I mean Zach Wilson is going to be ruined for this league. People aren't going to want Zach Wilson as a backup quarterback. Nope. Like there's just no room for guys like him because he he just doesn't. The lottery ticket is scratched and and all the numbers are different. They're all wrong. It, it's it's no good. Uh, and the, you can't bring him into a locker room and and have him on a team that might have a chance to do something. And then you're doing well, your quarterback goes down and you look over and there's Zach holding the clipboard, put, puts his helmet on. Everybody on that team goes, oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> like you just, it's just it's not worth it. Yep. Uh, the Cowboys, a 33-10 win over the Panthers coming into that game yesterday. Home underdogs of a touchdown or more were 8-0-1 this season and 
over the past three seasons were covering at a ridiculous rate. The exact numbers over the last three seasons, 39, 19, and 1 against the spread, 67.2% covering by an average of over four points per game. And early on, you thought, okay, it's 7 nothing. Okay, oh, oh so 10 to 3 at the half. Okay, oh, it's, wait a minute. Oh, it's 17-3, 17-7. All we could have a cover here. And then it was lost. The Cowboys score 16 points in the fourth quarter. 33-10 the final. And Carolina does not cover the first quarter of spread. I didn't play it this week. I said I didn't like it this week. <laughs> and uh, they did not cover it. It's funny you said 10 to 3 at half, and had they gone into the half 10 to 3, I think you would have felt a lot better. Yeah, they, yeah, kick 17, a fi- yep. they kicked that field goal w- with under the two minute warning, and the Cowboys just drove down real quick and, yeah. and got another touchdown. And that felt like up, oh, it's about to unravel on them. Credit to them. They, they came back and, and fought hard in the third quarter. Actually, it, the Cowboys didn't score in the third quarter. But like you mentioned, fourth quarter, things fell apart. Uh, interception With return the for a six, touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just, I, I thought it would be tough. I didn't want to bet. I want my thought coming into this week was I want to back the Panthers. And then Frank Reich said, I'm taking back play calling duty. I was like, Oh, this can't go well for the offense. And sure mm-hmm. enough, it was a, another bad day for the Carolina Panthers offense. I don't know how long Frank Reich's going to last there, but one in nine, uh, with the number one overall pick in the draft, eesh, n- not ideal. And not having your number, the number one nope. overall pick this year. So that's uh, that's gonna. That's, the that's, the uh, Bears say thanks. The Bears exactly. They say thank you. The Jaguars with a really good bounce back against the Titans. This was my best bet on the Dream Pod, and I love the bounce back spot for them off the blowout loss to the 49ers. They blew out the Titans, thirty four to fourteen. Trevor Lawrence ran for two touchdowns in this game, uh, killing. My Travis Etienne anytime touchdown ticket. Um, but Trevor Lawrence passing for two touchdowns, rushing for two touchdowns. Calvin Ridley finally showed up in a game. Seven catches, 103 yards, and two scores. And despite, uh, you know, people backing the Titans here, the, the Jaguars really erased that ugly loss last week and, and got a really good win here. You, you mentioned it. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has had a – there's no way around it. It's been a, a massively disappointing season. He was a guy who was supposed to take a step into being, like, one of the elites this year. He's had a bad year. Calvin Ridley has all the talent in the world. This has been a massively disappointing season for him. Both of them yesterday had the kind of days we expected them to have regularly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if, if if Trevor Lawrence plays like he played yesterday, Calvin Ridley's the kind of weapon he was yesterday, Jaguars are very good. It's just we haven't seen a lot of that this season. So that it's been it's been sort of a dogfight for them. Um, and their defense seen, is legit, man. Their defense is really – Particularly talk, against the run. Yes. We talked about it on the Dream Pod. They were uh, first in success rate against the run. They're 10th in EPA against the run. And they held Derrick Henry to – 38 yards on 10 carries. Yeah, no no doubt. That's a, I mean, they did what you needed to do uh, against the Titans run game. And, um, yeah, if the Titans aren't running the ball, you're saying, well, Will Levis has got to go beat you. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't trust Will Levis like that yet. And Will Levis, it's funny, 13 of 17 passing, two touchdowns, no picks. QBR was 18.2. This is like yeah. the numbers look, they're respectable, but it was it was not a good day for for Will Levis. 
The Texans beat the Cardinals 21-16, and this one came down to really uh, what number you got. If you got the five and a half with the Cardinals, congratulations, you covered by the hook. The most surprising thing for me in this game was that it didn't go over the posted total. Yeah, Uh, I thought this game was going to fly over, but when C.J. Stroud throws three interceptions, that's how you keep this game from going over. Yeah, and which is it's tough because this is a bad secondary. Uh, Arizona's secondary is not good. You would have thought that if you're gonna have three interceptions, you're probably not having it against Arizona. It's just a rough game for him. Uh, but in general, the the defense held up, made some good plays. I actually thought that first drive, I was like, oh boy, the Texans might be in trouble because the, I, I think the I think the Cardinals had one second down on the entire drive, and on that second down, they immediately threw a touchdown pass. So it was like snap 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 touchdown Arizona and it was like oh boy all the all the hype that was on the Texans this week uh Arizona wasn't having it and luckily the Texans went back down got back in the game uh and the the offense for the Cardinals really slowed down yeah I mean you got a late touchdown for Kyler Murray but it 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 was a, a struggle for most of the day for that offense both defenses played way better than I would have expected. So you're right. I thought this game was going to be high flying, but well, it was three uh, interceptions. Two, they were they were pretty much three red zone interceptions. Two of yep. them were inside the you know the twelve and the eleven yard line. The other one they were at the twenty six yard line. So you took away points on all three of those possessions. So like even if you give them the the minimum of a field goal, like they should have had nine more points. They should have, this should have been a thirty to sixteen game. Still wouldn't have gone over. It would have been 46, but it would have been a lot closer than uh, 21 to 16, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's still, I mean, still 336 yards and two touchdowns for C.J. Stroud. Like, he's still, like, the, the fantastic year continues. Um, and and more, more importantly, a win. And the first, the first team this season to cash their season win total, the Houston Texans at 6-4. and four. Congratulations. Uh, the 49ers back to their winning ways, like we saw last week. They beat the Bucks 27 to 14. Brock Purdy posted a perfect passer rating Is in that good? this game 21 of 25, 333 yards, three touchdowns, one to each. Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey. So, congratulations, McCaffrey. Anytime touchdown betters. You had that one week. You're back last in the week. saddle. You were disappointed. Now you're back. Let's start a new streak here. But the 49ers are back to, in my opinion, being the best team in the NFL. And, for, you know, okay, the Lions are eight and two. You want to talk about the Ravens, whoever. The 49ers, when healthy, are seven and oh. Like, that's, that's my measuring stick because the three losses, they were not healthy. You had no Debo Samuel. You had Trent Williams missing games. You had uh, Brock Purdy concussed. Like when they were healthy and in, and at full strength, they're seven and zero, and they're putting up at least twenty seven to thirty points. They were scoring thirty or more points per game in every game, and now uh, they score twenty seven, which is a little low. But I think when healthy, there's no one better than this 49ers team. No, I I don't disagree with you. Um, this was a this was a a big like kind of a, a in your face game. Uh, num- steam came on the Niners too, and this was another one. It ended up being what number did you get? Um, on the contest it was eleven. It ended up closing thirteen and a half. Of course, the Niners win by thirteen. Numbers matter, yeah. folks. Uh, but maybe the downside of this is we, speaking of health, Talano uh, Hafanga, the safety for the Forty Niners, are saying he maybe tore his ACL. 
Um, so that's bad news for the 49ers from a health standpoint. But you're right. When, when they're all out there on the field, this is this is a dominant team, man. This is one of the best in the league. I think they are the best in the league. So uh, I'm with you. I, I, I'm still I, I'm still being stubborn on this team. And, and if you're still questioning Brock Purdy and he does things like he did yesterday, it's like, OK, you keep questioning him. He's just going to keep proving you wrong. So schedule gets tough. You got uh, the the two Seahawks games sandwiching a game at the Eagles. You still have the Ravens on the on the uh, on the docket, so it's it's going to be tough down the stretch for the 49ers. But again, this is a good team. That matchup with the Ravens, oh boy, that's a Christmas Day matchup. Mm-hmm. They're probably number one and two in my power ratings, so it's it'll be fun to watch. Stop me if you've heard this before. The Rams beat the Seahawks, AJ. It's like uh, Groundhog Day, Scott. <laughs> I, they made listen. You talk about sweating. I had to sweat it again. Well, uh, they, but they they get the job done. But they didn't cover the closing number. Two and a half was the closing number. They win 17-16 over the Seahawks. So the ATS streak doesn't continue for the Rams over the Seahawks. But it's another win of Sean McVay over Pete Carroll. Yeah, and it's just it's matchup kryptonite. And even in a game where the Seahawks were in control for most of the game, uh, Matt Stafford led a a solid drive at the right time. And I I should say there was also an – a timely injury, if you're a Rams fan, to Geno Smith, uh, just long enough to get uh, Drew Locke in the game and and help the cause with a uh, a classic Drew Locke interception. But that that's that's part of the game sometimes. Um, and yeah, the Rams, like you said, they don't cover the the final number, but things didn't go well for them either. They they lose Cooper, Cooper Cup early in that game. They had to go without him. Uh, the running game was just dreadful for the for the Rams, which it's normally not great, but uh Daryl Henderson had six carries for one yard. So Royce Freeman was the the leading rusher, which this this isn't 2008, so that's bad news. Um so this was this was a, a grindy, tough game for the Rams, but Rams are four and six. This is a, a team that a lot of people thought was way, way near the bottom of the league coming into this season. I think they've already outperformed any any expectations. Uh, they've got Arizona next week. They've still got games with the Commanders, the Saints, the Giants on their schedule. This could be a 7-8 win team. One shot. Mm-hmm. And Jason Myers missing the 55-yarder that would have won it for the Seahawks. So they <laughs> have fall you noticed to 6-4. That, that's changed in the NFL. Like, 10 years ago, if a guy missed a 55-yarder to try and win the game, no one would say Myers misses field goal and the, the Seahawks – like, cause no one even tried fifty-five yarders back then. Now it's like, ah, can you believe he missed that fifty-five yarder? Like the the kicking range has changed so much that you've almost you can almost score from anywhere. So it yep. is like it's a headline. Myers misses game-winning kick when it's like, boy, it was a fifty-five yarder. If it was yeah. a thirty-yarder, that could be the headline. To me, you miss a fifty-five yarder as time expires. I don't know that you want to say it's like. <laughs> then we could seem like it's his fault. Well, let's talk about Monday Night Football, which will wrap up week 11 tonight. It is the Super Bowl rematch, and I anticipate this being the uh, most watched Monday Night game uh, to date. And it is the Chiefs, two and a half point home favorites over the Eagles. What's your first thoughts, AJ? My first thoughts are it's the same thoughts I had in the Chiefs-Dolphins game, uh, but back before the bye. If you're getting Patrick Mahomes at home and you're giving up less than a field goal, it's hard to pass that up for me. Um, and all the numbers that say Andy Reid with extra prep, uh, just dominant 
And I, I'm not sure I believe in this Philly defense. Last year, I think the reason why people were were backing Philly in the Super Bowl is because their defense was so strong. I think the Chiefs have the better defensive team here. So um, it, it's hard for me to look away from the Chiefs. Uh, if there, if there's threes that pop up, I, I guess I'd consider Philly, but I, I'd, I'd rather have that Chiefs minus two and a half. Oh, be prepared for a lot of Taylor Swift coverage in this game tonight, AJ. She's I'm in just Brazil. She, she won't be at the game. Are we sure about I'm this? I'm sure, yeah. My, listen, my wife is an expert in these things, and they, they had to uh, they had to postpone a concert in Brazil because uh, someone died of heat stroke, and um, it was too hot, and there was some sort of water oh, issue. You know what? I just Vanity Fair, I just saw an article. Uh, Taylor Swift changes plans, is skipping Monday night's yeah. game. It's just because it's impossible. The, the plan was the, the parents were going to meet. Yeah, they, because, had, they said, we got to wait, Mom. Because uh, her parents were going to be at the game, and we know that Mama Kelsey, it's its a whole family affair with the Kelseys playing against each other. So uh, this was supposed to be a, a, a big meeting of the parents. Uh, Andrea and Scott Swift were supposed to meet Donna and Ed Kelsey, but I guess that's not going to happen. Man, do we have to go under Travis Kelsey props now? I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's a possibility. He's He's got to be worried. It's so hot down there. People are dying. He, he might be worried about his lady. We might have to fade Travis Kelsey in this game tonight. <laughs> I don't know. Normally, I'd be all over. I mean, if, if she was at the game, I mean, that is like an automatic over on Kelsey. Like anytime touchdown, 100%. But uh, Wouldn't I, you I be think- nervous, though, like if you, if you brought your girlfriend to the game mm-hmm. and then you left her up in the suite with her parents and your parents and you weren't around? I'd be nervous. I'd be like saying, what are they talking about? What am I missing out? <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be distracted, to be honest. All right. If you had to uh, pick your favorite prop for tonight's game, what would it be? And would it be something involving Travis Kelsey? I'll, I'll start. I, I'm going to play an A.J. Brown prop. Uh, I'm going to go over A.J. Brown's receiving yards. It's a high number at 85 and a half. But prior to last week's game against the Cowboys, A.J. Brown had six straight games of over 100 yards receiving. In fact, his lowest yardage was 127 yards against the Rams. These were the numbers that he put up. 131, 175, 127, 131, 137, 130. So I'll go over A.J. Brown, 85 and a half. Yeah, I don't know that I love a player prop in this game I, I because I kind of lean to the the Chiefs. I don't want to play a Travis, or excuse me, a, a Patrick Mahomes interception. I've, I've thought about that one. He's thrown a lot of picks this year. Wouldn't shock yeah. me if he throws one in this game. Uh, but I'm just going to go with the under. I, I think this is a lower scoring game. I think this is kind of grimy. Uh, and listen, who's who's uh, who's fading these uh, primetime unders? It seems uh, it, it takes miracles for them to go over. So I'll just look at the under tonight. All right, total 45 and a half right now up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And over is juiced at minus 115. So you can get under 45 and a half at minus 105 right now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy 
I got a lot out of it. And it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be. And it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Some highlights from the NBA schedule yesterday. Joel Embiid with 32 points and 12 boards as the Sixers topped the Nets 121 to 99. It was the Suns in double overtime beating the Jazz 140 to 137. Kevin Durant with 39 points and 10 assists. Phoenix being without Bradley Beal for a little while. And the Lakers, a 105-104 win over the Rockets. LeBron with 37 points in this one. Uh, to throw back the clock night for LeBron James. Although I guess it's not really throw back the clock, AJ. I mean, he's going to do he's this. He's been balling, on. yeah. He's going to do this a few nights during the season. What do we have on deck tonight? Yeah, the Bucks minus nine at the Wizards, total of 244 and a half on the DraftKings Sportsbook. The Nuggets, who have lost three of the last four, minus eight and a half at Detroit. The Celtics lay a nine and a half at Charlotte. The Knicks plus three at the Timberwolves. Clippers minus eight and a half at San Antonio. The Miami Heat minus one and a half at Chicago. Sacramento Kings minus one at New Orleans and the Houston Rockets plus seven and a half at Golden State total of 221 and a half. You know, I'll be interested in seeing a lot of these teams tonight are playing the second of back to backs and also um, some of these teams that are playing not all of them, but there's a few uh, in season tournament games going on on Tuesday. So, you know, just curious to see how these teams are balancing out this schedule with, uh, you know, this little holiday week. There's no games, of course, on Thursday, Thanksgiving in the NBA. Handful of teams in action in college basketball yesterday from the top 25. Arizona, absolutely dominant. 101-56 winners over UT Arlington. UConn, defending champs, 77-57 winners over Indiana, the Empire Classic. Houston, 69, Dayton, 55. That's at the Shriners Children's Charleston Classic. Uh, Miami, 91, Kansas State, 
83 down in the Bahamas. USC 81-70 winners over Brown. Michigan State gets an 81-49 win over Alcorn. Texas ekes out a win over Louisville. They were like 17 and a half point favorites. They win 81-80 also in that Empire Classic. And in Illinois, 88-60 winners over Southern. On the schedule tonight, you've got Tennessee and Syracuse tipping it off early in the Maui Invitational, though it's not in Maui this year. I guess it's on the uh, it's in Honolulu uh, at the Sheriff's Center. The fires have put it on a different part of the island. But so if you're if you're used to playing Maui overs because of the soft rims, maybe be a little bit careful there. Tennessee minus 13 and a half. Purdue and Gonzaga. Purdue now minus five and a half. Uh, they were my best bet on the college basketball pod at three, five and a half. I still lean that way. Not as crazy about it. Uh, UConn, a seven point favorite over Texas. St. Joe's catching 15 and a half against Kentucky. Colorado minus nine and a half uh, against Richmond. That's down in Daytona. Kansas takes on Chaminade. No line available yet on that game. And Marquette laying five and a half to UCLA down at the Maui Invitation. On the ice tonight, the Bruins, 13-1-2 on the season, uh, picking up right where they left off last season when they had the best record in the history of the NHL regular season. Uh, They are minus 135 favorites at the Lightning tonight. Tampa Bay just trying to stay afloat until Andre Vasilevsky comes back, and they've won two straight, so playing some good hockey right now the Oilers are at the Panthers this is an even split minus 110 both ways the Avalanche are hot right now they're 11 and 5 on the season they are minus 165 favorites in Nashville against the Predators the Rangers 12 2 and 1 second best record in the east behind those Boston Bruins they are at the Dallas Stars who are also off to a great start 11 4 and 1 on the year Dallas a minus 135 home favorite over the Rangers. The Kings are 10-3-3 to start the year. They are minus 155 in Arizona tonight. Mellon Arena to take on the Coyotes. The Sharks visit the Canucks. Vancouver off to a great start, 12-5-1 on the year. They are minus 375 favorites. And yes, AJ, we're going to go Vancouver puck line. Oh, because, yeah. Well, that's the only way to go. That's uh, the only way to go. <laughs> I actually, yeah, on Saturday, I guess mm-hmm. I played a uh, an over in the uh, the Vancouver game, and uh, it was Vancouver and the Kraken. It was over six and a half, yep. and the final the final score was four to three. The Kraken put yep. one in with I think nine seconds left on the clock to uh, to get us over. They were down four two. You're thinking, oh crap, it's over. The extra attacker gets the job done. Oh, Vancouver three. scored with the extra attacker. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Vancouver scored. Yeah. And, and then finished 4-3. Uh, that's hey, Sometimes it works out hey. that way. Sometimes yep. sometimes you don't get the empty netter. Uh, Vancouver minus a goal and a half tonight is minus 148. So uh, that's the play for this game. And uh, speaking of those Kraken, they are minus 115 home favorites against the Flames tonight. One uh, baseball nugget, uh, you know, the offseason is is going to be heating up, uh, winter meetings coming up, but uh, the Phillies and Aaron Nola agree to a $172 million seven-year contract. So 
locking up uh, their second ace. I'm not even going to call him. Uh, he's not the ace because Zach Wheeler is the ace. Aaron Nola is the second ace. They got two aces on that Phillies team. So a good deal for the Phillies getting this uh, getting this thing done. You know what else is a good deal? The discounts that we offer at pregame.com. You guys can head to pregame.com right now. And you can take advantage of a $15 coupon that we are giving you if you use the promo code SPECIAL15. SPECIAL15 will get you $15 off at pregame.com. Anything you want to purchase, whether it's a daily best bet or a weekend all-access, a seven-day all-access, you take $15 off your purchase at pregame.com using the coupon code SPECIAL15. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah.